What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. I'm coming at you live and loud from my um, my normal desk and mm-hmm. microphone and setup. My haven, my safe <laughs> space, we shall call it. I am back in Colorado and back to basics baby how you feeling being back in the den dude i'm feeling good um yeah it was weird (laughs) it was a weird (laughs) recording i don't i think i had mentioned this to you afterwards like i'm just so used to my recording like i just it's the same thing every week i'm in the routine i got it down i'm used to my mic and like how close and far i need to be from there etc etc right and also i'm not used to all of the noise that you usually have to deal with uh that was something that i had to pause more than usual for so yeah it feels good to be back in my regular regular area and be and feel a little bit more prepared just back in your element back in the swing of things i'm thriving yeah (laughs) felt good about it well, when I sat down. I can speak for most of LA when we say uh, we do miss you, but we are happy that you made it back home safely. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> LA was cool. I felt like it rejected me a little bit um, because. Oh, don't don't worry. That's everybody. <laughs> nah, nah. That that that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, things where I forgot how polluted. The air is, and also my skin was confused (laughs) about the weather. (laughs) There are a lot of things going on that were my body was confused about. I will say, though, my sinuses did clear when I was in L.A. I'll give that to you They cleared when you were in L.A. They cleared. That is not what I thought you were going to say. Because it's been so dry here, Mm -hmm. I think when I got there, they just said, you know what? We feel open and free here, so mm-hmm. we're kind of going to evacuate. However, I will say I didn't want them to be clear because L.A. do stink, and I didn't <laughs> want to smell all of that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Can't Beggars can't be choosers, I suppose. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Also, sorry if we're killing any imaginations you guys had about L.A. Um, spoiler alert, it is exactly like any other big city, and it has the same big city charm, but big city issues. So, uh Just check yourself when you're thinking about L.A., the uh, City of Angels and all that jazz. Yeah, this (laughs) these angels are not the ones (laughs) they're not the cute little cherub baby angels. I think you were you were hoping for. Mm -mm, Nah, these angels stank. They need a shower. They've been through it. They've been through it. Yeah. (laughs) These angels are standing on the corner with a cigarette, looking up at the sky, being like, damn, still here. (laughs) Damn, God. Can you let me go anywhere else? 
anywhere else. I'd love a vacation. <laughs> right before they put their apron on and go back into Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> go back, you know, go back to In and Out. And they're like, not, not the line being all the way down the street. In and Out's been here for years. Guys. <laughs> it's a burger. Give me a break. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry, guys. We're not here to talk about In-N-Out Burgers for the entire time. Uh, it is an important episode again because it's time for the Discord Decides. Yeah, it's Discord Decides time. And um, we had a unanimous <laughs> decision this time. So no suspense for the voting this time around. Mm-mm. But... We already knew going into this month what we wanted the Discord Decides to be, as it is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. We knew that we wanted to focus on some Asian horror films, so we narrowed it down to three that we had been wanting to discuss and just have not had a chance to quite yet. Narrowed it down to those three, and Train to Busan won by a landslide. Yes, it did. Unanimous vote. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to hear anything else <laughs> other than trying to decide. It was not even close. So, but I mean, that was kind of nice for us because we knew fairly quickly what movie to expect and what to start looking into. And I'm sure it was very exciting for you uh, it was, as it was the only zombie pick within the three. So True. I'm sure you weren't too mad at that. Oh, you know, I love me a zombie or two. This is true. And I actually looked it up before we started because I couldn't remember. I think we, I don't know if we had previously talked about it, but obviously there is going to be an American remake of this. It hasn't come out yet, though. That's for 2023. But I did have to look it up before I started because I was like, did Mm -hmm. that just hit and I didn't hear anything about it? Or are we still waiting for that? (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, I was fairly sure it had that one hit. It would have been on the radar, so mm-hmm. uh, it makes sense that it's not out yet. But yeah, I am I am pumped to talk about this one because this is a movie that you and I have not spoken about. However, I've had a lot of conversations with people in my real life about this movie, especially when it was more in its popular heyday when a lot of people were really talking about it. Um, I had a lot of conversations with people saying, "Oh, it's one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen," and. Um, you know, I guess today we will find out whether or not I agree or disagree with that statement. Ooh, but the suspense. Um, <laughs> but I do want to make just one very, very quick plug because it's fresh in my mind. Oh, of course. Plug away. Homies, if you're looking for some mindless entertainment that is like will bring you right back to the early 2000s, I highly recommend this, the TV show The Mole. It's on Netflix. I think I've talked to you about this before. It's on Netflix, but it's only going to be on there for a month. It's it's leaving June 20th. And I just needed to tell you because I realized it was leaving. But it's just peak early 2000s reality TV. It's so like innocent. And there's just such a naiveness to it because they don't really edit things the same. Nothing was made as to be like dramatic and everything. It's just these people kind of vibing out and trying to survive <laughs> this reality show where they have to do all of these ridiculous tasks. And they have one person that's there is like there to double cross them. And they and also the audience, you're supposed to figure out who it is by the end of mm-hmm. it. And also Anderson Cooper is the host. And it's kind of sweet because he like 
is always there. Like he has dinner with the contestants. He hangs out with the contestants. He has every meal with them, actually. And I don't know. It's just it's made me feel better in the time of freakiness and like horrific things happening in this world. Mm-hmm. I can turn the mole on and it makes me feel very good. And I want you homies to feel good. So if you haven't watched <laughs> it yet, there's only two seasons on Netflix. So you could binge them in like a day or two. All right. Not going to lie. That was a pretty good plug. It's a pretty good plug. Yeah, pay me, Netflix. <laughs> Send me my check. If if <laughs> if the streaming goes up, <laughs> go go ahead and write the check to me. But all right, that's my plug done. We can get into the actual business for the day. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But as you can probably already tell, today we are talking about Train to Busan. Um, now, we're going to completely blanket this next portion with not very strong with the Korean names, but we're going to do our yes. best. Yes. And, you know, we're just going to keep it trucking. So. Yes, we will be def- we, are, we will be trying our hardest. We've looked up the pronunciations and we are going to be going hopefully as close to what we heard. Um, so, yes, preface that. Yeah. So this film was directed by Yong Sung Ho, starring Gung Yo as Sekwu, Don Lee as Sung Hwa, Jung Yu Mi as Sung Yeon, and Kim Suan as Suan. A workaholic fund manager is taking his estranged daughter to Busan to visit her mother, whom she wishes to spend her birthday with. The two board their train at Seoul Station and prepare for their journey. But it isn't long before violence and mass hysteria ensue in a distant train car. A virus has broken loose and is turning several of the passengers into feral monsters and transforming the KTX-101 into a high-speed shuttle of death. Insert contortionist zombies, sleazy COOs, and a baseball team who might not make it to the playoffs here. Our film concludes with Sekwu doing everything in his power to protect his daughter. But will it be enough for them both to safely make it to Busan? Also, yeah, that ringtone is a little tacky. Roll credits. Man, those zombies were crumping. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes they were hitting it. They was hitting it. Let me tell you, there is something, something about the way South Korea does their zombies that just hits differently. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very small shift, but it's from their body language to the way that they, like, run through the space. Like, I think they they've concocted this great combination of, like, the shambling zombies with a mixture of like the like 28 days later virus mm-hmm. zombies. So it's like you get the the best of both worlds. Like sometimes they're slow and lanky, but when they're trying to eat you, they move like Usain Bolt. Yeah. Like the difference is stark. 
Yeah, those legs be legging when they see when they <laughs> see somebody. And I'm like, yeah, that's scary. That's really freaking scary. And you know, the thing I think can be forgotten sometimes is in the United States, we've maybe been exhausted by the zombie genre at this point or even by the point that this movie came out we've maybe felt as though we've ran the gauntlet of zombies and we've seen mm -hmm. all the zombies that the world can give but at the same time the zombie genre and movies made within other countries that are zombie movies it hasn't been as long for them as it has for us this as far as i'm as far as i know was the first zombie movie big zombie movie for south korea i i think so in terms of just um worldwide success mm -hmm. uh, i'm sure there were zombie movies beforehand but like in terms of like zombie movies coming out of south korea that the entire world was enamored with i think train to busan was one that really put them on the map for this genre right but i guess it's like you have newer renditions because i think for a long time here we were kind of doing the same zombie and building off of the same zombie and mm -hmm. so it's fun to see zombies from other countries and what they're what what they really latch onto and what they really think is scary as a zombie figure and because it's it's always going to be different. Like, yes, right. there's a blueprint there that they're going to be building off of, but there's going to be differences. And I do agree that I really like something about their zombies is always really scary to me, whereas it's hit or miss for me sometimes mm -hmm. for, like, United States releases. There... I, I think what I've noticed as of late, by the way, forgot to mention that this is a 2016 movie. So it's been a couple of years since this came out. Um, but what I've noticed from watching like Train of Busan, Hashtag Alive. Oh, what's the newer one that I just finished watching? Um, all my, that series. All my friends are dead. Uh, all my friends. Is that not the song? All of us are dead. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think all my friends are dead is like a, a very popular Gen Z song. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. All of us are dead. <laughs> But with all of these uh, South Korean zombie films, um, one thing that does stick out to me is the body language of the zombies. They definitely take the time and effort to show a bit more of the body horror side of zombies, which is something that we do explore in the States. But I think they really put a magnifying glass in it uh, in their series and their movies. Um, a lot of times when you're watching these things, when you get a shot of a zombie especially during transformations. There's like a lot of body contorting, a lot of like seizing up like that. Who's ever handling the stunt work for that is typically going 120%. And so by the time the zombie finally stands up and is ready to attack, we've just seen so much twisted body figuring that you can't help but be terrified of this creature now that it's ready to pounce on who's ever nearest yeah. to it. Because it really feels like a body. It really feels like a transformation from yes. human to something completely different rather than it feeling like, oh, I'm human and I'm now I'm still me, but I have like a different mentality. It doesn't feel like that. It definitely mm -hmm. feels like their entire body is shifting and twisting into yeah. something completely out of their control. 
which I like to see. I enjoy a good back-breaking moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The moment them bone-crunching sounds start kicking in, I'm always like, ugh. Yeah. Got, you need a little crunch if you want to <laughs> get the audience feeling kind of antsy. Nah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> now, I'm taking it you have seen this movie before, right? This wasn't your first time watching it? That is correct. Okay, how many times, out of curiosity? Let me tell you, not many, because Mm -hmm. um, this movie to me is pain to Busan. This is an emotionally turmoil (laughs) movie for me. I feel upset every time that I watch this movie. And it doesn't matter how good a movie is. If it is destroys my soul and my inner being Mm -hmm. i will say damn that movie was good i'm probably not gonna watch it again (laughs) or (laughs) i'm probably not gonna watch it for a while and so i've probably only seen this movie all the way through once prior to this rewatch now i that i've rewatched parts of it before but Mm -hmm. i've never gotten to the end again because can't can only do that so many times. Can only do that so many times. <laughs> I feel that. No, yeah. I don't know what it is or what it was actually for this watch. This was, I think, my third watch like all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I was so emotionally invested this time around. I, I, I was right there with you. Like my heart was, w- was holding on for dear life in a lot of yeah. these moments because I found myself really caring about these characters. Um, which is something that we'll probably talk a little bit more about in a bit here. But um, another thing I've noticed with some of these films and series coming out of South Korea is an emphasis on the emotional journey of the characters Mm -hmm. and the connections between the characters. Um, We get that sometimes in Western uh, zombie flicks, but I think with the advent of like, you know, K-dramas and all that stuff, those are very popular for just how they pull on your heartstrings. And you can tell that they're using a couple of those techniques in this movie in particular to help us establish connections with a lot of the characters, even the side characters. It feels like a lot of people have time to flesh out their personalities and it gives you more time to grow connected to them. So when ultimately it's their time to potentially die, it makes it even worse to let that character go. Yeah, I think what a lot of Asian horror does very well, or at least the ones that I've seen that I really enjoy are they know they're not afraid of taking breaths within their films Mm -hmm. and having downtime that's all about the character and all about the growth of a character Mm -hmm. and having these moments between the action between the scares which are equally as effective where you really see the characters living within what is happening and moving to the next moment this movie's full of those this movie is just as much of the emotional beats as it is the zombie beats and it makes yeah it makes a great payoff because i think the with a movie like this that is about an emotional ending and making you feel something for these characters and also too for a movie that is in one for the most part central contained location 
it's mm-hmm. really, really important to find something else for the audience to build upon. And they've done that really successfully with not only our main character, but our side characters, which I really do think for me is what I enjoy in zombie movies is it's so important in these movies, I think maybe just as much, if not more than a slasher movie is that the group that is found within this film, the group of our survivors that is just kind of part of zombie horror at this point, you know that there will probably be a group of Mm -hmm. people that they'll come across. It's so important. They are so important because zombie movies are just as much about the humans as they are about the zombies. And if the humans are just as lifeless as the zombies, then it's like, get them out. What are we doing here then? Like, let's get (laughs) rid of them. And I think that this movie does a very, very, very good job of making each character, regardless of the size of their role, feel impactful to the story. And so even if I don't know them as well, when they die, it means something. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, so I suppose with all that being said, let's dive into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica, tell me what is in your notebook? Okay. So I do really like this um, this little deer resurrection moment. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And it actually doesn't look that bad. It, no. it, it does not look that bad, especially considering that we are solely focused on there's no cutting. There's nothing else going on. We're watching this deer just kind of like come like get up. <laughs> like a thriller and, music video. Yeah, <laughs> just and, rise from the ground. And come back to life. And yeah, it's 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 cool. I think it's a good way to start. And also it's a scary way to start because something about it starting in animals is pretty spooky because it just feels like they can cover so much ground really Mm -hmm. quickly and i like that it kind of goes from an animal and we don't really know from that point how it spreads we do know that there's a leak within this kind of contained area but you don't know if these other people that got sick did they get sick from the leak did they get bit by the deer how many other animals were affected because we see that some fish have been dying and they had to kill some pigs, I think, is what he says. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like a cool little, like, <gasps> moment. And then it cuts right into our main story. So we don't even really get to see the main beginning. Yeah, the development of it besides this this Bambi. This, um, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, the, the quick Bambi moment. The, the quick. <laughs> the zombie bambi it, it's giving <laughs> i did like it i like the looks of the camera too mm-hmm. it i think what i really like is how little time we spend on the initial outbreak mm-hmm. comparative to how much time we spend developing our main character and like his family relations because like you said a little bit a little bit ago, um, when it comes to like zombie movies, the people are just as important, if not more important than the actual zombies themselves. So you really got to establish who these people are 
what they want and like what's happening in their life before the outbreak happens. I think that that for me is more important than how this outbreak scientifically happens, right? Mm -hmm. Like you show me a deer coming back to life. I get it. I understand (laughs) that things are being resurrected and this will inevitably snowball into some sort of zombie apocalypse scenario. I I can track all that in the five minutes that you spend on that. So I, I think that that was a smart opening to spend such a brief amount of time on that aspect and then just jump directly into who Sek Wu is and like what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I think to keep in mind too is this movie is a part of a three movie kind of trilogy. Like there is a prequel and a sequel to this with um, Soul Station and then Train to, Train to Busan Peninsula, which came out 2020, I believe. Yeah. Um, so there are other movies within the same universe that probably expand on how this outbreak happened. Like, how did we get here? Yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's kind of the useful thing of having multiple movies in a series to expand on that. But I like, again, that we only spend the amount of time that we need to on it in mm-hmm. Train to Busan. Yeah, because I, I especially think for zombie movies, the why is kind of irrelevant. It's the what are what's happening now that's the important bit. Mm-hmm. Because I think at this moment in time, enough people have realized that we're not checking for the science. We're just <laughs> wanting to see what the zombies are gonna do. Because right. I, I, if you, tr- I feel like if you track it over time, it's become less and less and less important to even know what's now. At this point, people could just say it's in the air, and everyone says, "Okay, okay, <laughs> cool, great, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let's keep that going." So, but we do kind of get at least enough in this movie to know that there is some kind of leak coming from the biotech district and that ends up actually coming back later on with our main character because it you just and i will say this is not something that i realized the first couple of times that i like got to this bit this is Mm -hmm. something that i finally kind of figured out (laughs) this last time is that because i never understood quite why kim was blaming himself and the company for what happened with the with biotech because i got that they were involved in some way and it isn't until this last time that i realized that they had funded them to keep them into business right and so by proxy they allowed a leak to occur because that wouldn't have happened if they weren't in business anymore it kind of touches on the the corporate greed that I think it's highlighted in this film and that trickle down effect that because of what they were wanting, because they had this very specific goal that they were thinking would only affect and directly profit them, they have inadvertently caused this horrible event that is now going to punish everyone mm-hmm. for a choice, a decision that they maybe hastily made. So I liked that. There's a lot of cool full circle moments in this movie that I appreciate. Puts nice little bows on things where they're brought up and they seem not super important or like one-off moments. Right. And then they come back later. And that one's a big one for me because 
it it did take me a minute to kind of figure out the the connection there but then when you figure it out i feel like it adds a cool layer to that kind of guilt and like that selfishness that our protagonist really has to kind of journey through throughout this film Mm -hmm. i agree um, another thing I really like about this movie in particular, and honestly, quite a few things coming out of South Korea as well, is uh, I, I'm i noticing a trend of social commentary through a lot of these movies, especially the commentary between like the wealthy class and the lower class. Um, this is something that has been an ongoing issue in a lot of Asian countries. I know Korea, South Korea especially has had this big divide within their uh, working class and the wealthy class. And it seems to always be a, some topic of conversation within their movies uh, between the divide of the people in these different classes to the everyday aspects of what, you know, being a wealthy person in society, what that means truly and like the sacrifices you give up inadvertently for instance with sec Wu, we learn that he is a workaholic guy who seems to be fairly well off like he he doesn't seem to be struggling for money by any means he's able to take care of both his mom and his daughter but it seems that he spends all of his time working like he doesn't actually really get to connect with his family and we can see how that has strained his relationship not only with his daughter, but, you know, now his separated wife, who clearly his daughter has more of a connection to because it seems like she was more present in her life, while the father figure that is supposed to be taking care of her seems to always be off at work, can't find time to really spend with her. Um, I love the moment with the recital and how he gets to watch that on the video camera and see the the physical effects or ramifications of his actions towards his daughter and like what it's doing to his daughter. Mm -hmm. And I love that that's kind of the catalyst that gets him to agree to um, bring his daughter to see his mom. Cause that's like the whole thing. It's like, it's her birthday coming up and all she wants to do is go see her mom. He says he's too busy, but then, you know, through an evening of several different guilt trips and him kind of fucking up in several regards, he comes to the conclusion that the best thing that he can do to help this relationship is to take his daughter to go see her mom. Yeah. And, and I, what I think about is, is interesting about that, too, is because, yeah, right away we see that he is unavailable and he is not present. He is continuously mm -hmm. at work. But then even when he's home, he doesn't pay attention to anything it's mm -hmm. he doesn't even realize he's gotten her the same gift two holidays two, in a row which was and so so good i love yeah, that every time he doesn't know any of her interests and he even says oh i'll give you whatever you want and she says well i want to go see my mom and he says well and he's basically like except for that <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> but it's interesting is that although that is the thing that I think does give him a little bit of a push when he sees the recital and sees that he wasn't there. What's so mm -hmm. interesting to me about that moment is that he still is unwilling to 
see how she feels about things because he sees it and he just sees that she stopped singing. And like, it's kind of a big deal because everybody in her class is laughing at her. She is was preparing the song and is supposed to be ready and then she doesn't finish it. And rather than kind of get to the root of why she didn't, his first instinct is to solve the problem rather than to listen to her at all. Because right away mm -hmm. he's just like, you got to see through see things through yeah. and like doesn't even try and understand why she didn't want why she wasn't able to finish the song and i think that's a problem that plagues him for the first half of this movie is he's so unwilling to listen to her and he sees everything because she is a child he sees everything that she does as naive and a child's way of viewing the world and that he needs to teach her the way to be to survive in this world. But then what he has to learn is that like the qualities that she has and the qualities that she has presumably learned from her mother are the qualities that end up saving them throughout mm -hmm. this entire movie. He, he sees her kindness as weakness, her empathy as something that's going to get her hurt and like her willingness to sympathize and like want to form connections with people like that to him is a huge no-no and it's the only thing that helps them survive past the first five minutes of this zombie outbreak and i love that that is he starts to listen to her like once she says like you only care about yourself and then he kind of listens to her and helps it's it's like from that moment on that I think he really realizes that she kind of she has things in within her that like he if he just accepted them and he like absorbed some of those that their relationship would be leaps and bounds from where it is. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I like that about his character, too. Um, I like that our main character is a very imperfect guy. Like he is that quintessential too busy for his family businessman and he's thrust into this situation where he really can't do this alone um and i think that's something that he's not used to i think he's used to being the head honcho able to solve things and like now he starts in this position where looking out for just himself isn't necessarily always the solution it's not always the end-all be-all ideal way to handle things and he has to learn this through other characters. Mm -hmm. um, and he has to learn it very quickly because, you know, there's a lot on the line here. Um, and I really particularly like the um, combination of characters we get later. We'll talk about them, of course. But um, with Sang Hua, which is the, our kind of like burly um her heroic figure if you will and then with the more cowardly young suck who is the the basically the worst version i think of what uh say Wu may become over time i feel like both of these characters almost symbolize the mm -hmm. two directions that our main character wants to go with his personality and what I love is that under different circumstances, both are a very viable pass for him. Like, I, I could see him becoming either person. Oh, yeah. And I love that they end up playing kind of like this angel and devil dynamic uh, for him throughout the course of the situations they have to deal with. 
Yeah, definitely. Because I think that, like, in a different movie, I agree with you. I think Soku would have become that businessman who yeah. is, like, all about... Because that is what he wants in the beginning. But he's never able to truly be just for himself because he does have his daughter with him, who is by, like, once again, the cutest child Oh, my ever. goodness. <laughs> Adorable. Um, she's so freaking cute. But Adorable, and her words hit, like, daggers when they need to, man. Like She was reading him for filth. <laughs> she really was. I was like, man. <sighs> like, she's right, but you really hate to be called out. <laughs> in the middle of a zombie apocalypse by her own daughter. <laughs> like, not you calling out my mans to his core, though. Please. Yeah. I was like, dang. But it's what he needed. Yeah. It's what he deserved. So we were rooting for her. We really were. But, yeah, he very, very, in very much so in the beginning, is that guy. Because he even tells her, you gotta be, you gotta be selfish. We're not here for anybody else. And mm -hmm. he really like ride or dies with that idea until his daughter gets saved. And really, the only reason she got saved is because she made those connections. She made relationships with people. And then I think he realizes that that's not the way that things are going to work. And I, what I like that I think about this one, too, is although he is that villain, um, our businessman. I think until the very end, when he just starts murking everybody and like <laughs> doing stuff like that, until that moment, I actually kind of can see his point of view oh, for yeah. certain things. And I don't often get that with villains within zombie movies because we're, we're meeting them at different periods of time. I think it's harder for me when there's a zombie outbreak that's been going for a while and you see someone who is like this because they've had more time. But with mm -hmm. this, it's very fresh. So everybody is reacting in their like rawest, truest nature. And so for him, he he is very much he's not uh, he's doing the selfish thing. But a lot of times he's not super. You see why he's doing that. It's because he's scared and he's like, well, what if you were infected and you just ran through all those zombies? How did you do that? Like, why should... And when she's like, my friends are coming. It's like, okay, they're not my friends. Like, why? Yeah. And I care why? Who is this boy? <laughs> like, um, he's not anybody to me. So why mm -hmm. should I let him into the, the train car kind of a thing? It's like you get that. You get in some way that is the... That's the side that every person could have. You're going to fall mm -hmm. either to that side when you're scared or you're going to fall to the side where you're like, I need a team. Yeah. And for him, I think he benefits kind of going back to that class thing. He seriously benefits from that because he is a businessman. He's in a suit. He talks with confidence and he commands the room. Everybody immediately listens to him. Everybody immediately respects him. Because just because he has a suit on, all of a sudden he's deserved, he deserves everybody's attention and respect. Mm -hmm. Where we have our kind of stowaway character who is looked down upon because he is presumably a homeless man who kind of snuck onto the train, who from the beginning is trying to tell everybody 
something is wrong, something mm-hmm. is afoot, and everybody dismisses him as some crazy guy. He doesn't deserve help. Why? Just because he's homeless, and mm-hmm. he's the one that ends up coming through for them. Yeah, and I noticed it more so this watch than any other watch, but again, going back to this conversation about um, making commentary on society, right? Even with the introduction of that character, he is introduced at the exact same time as our infected character is introduced. Mm -hmm. And what's mind-blowing is everyone is so caught up in what this homeless guy is doing on the train that no one is paying any attention to this clearly sick woman shambling through the train. Convulsing through the train convulsing and like there there is clearly something wrong with her but she is not the main focus here because the biggest issue is this homeless guy is somewhere he's not supposed to be and that's what's got everyone's attention and i think that's what grounds this movie and even going back to like the the young suck conversation about him as a character what grounds him and grounds everything else is just how realistic these characters are and how these characters will act um, should this situation occur in real life. Because everything that occurs in Train to Busan, for me, for the most part, is realistic. Like, the way people work together, turn on each other, their motivations, I think everything is grounded in reality. And that reality, unfortunately, isn't always pretty. So... This situation here that is the catalyst for this whole train becoming infected is it's so easy to believe that this could happen because, yeah, why why would why why wouldn't they spend all their time trying to get this homeless guy off the train? Yeah. Right. Like, like, why wouldn't they? Um, It's it just makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of the way that the world works in the sense of because of the way that he looks and because of the way that he's acting and because a sophisticated businessman walks up and says, hey, some guy's been in the toilet for a long time. They are kind of worried about that and worried about him not having a ticket. And they're like, we need to get you off as soon as possible. When in reality, another person who also doesn't have a ticket is not only veining it up all over her body, <laughs> she's shaking, she's jiving, and she is like rummaging. She's like walking through the aisles. Mm-hmm. Now she is that, free and that little, fancy. <laughs> now, for how much I say this thing is grounded, I will say that part was a slightly unrealistic. That like no one through any of the carts that she walked through was like. Did y'all see that? <laughs> yeah, because because I think more so than anything, by the point that she walked through the carts, because I will, I think if she had just been mumbling and everything to herself at that point, they probably would have tried to be like, I don't see this. Don't talk mm-hmm, to me. I'm ignoring it. But yeah, at yeah. that point in time, she looked sick. She looked like she needed perhaps a bandage <laughs> something <laughs> some alcohol way, to clean like, her wounds <laughs> the the way the attendant reacted to her when she finally got to her i do feel like at least one person in that last car should have had that same impulse to yeah. do that 
Um, but it was one of those moments where I was like, it's it's fine. Like, I'll let it go. Yeah, but. it's in the grand scheme of things, it's it's whatever because it leads to an awesome moment. But yeah, I, I did also notice that. I was like, she looks like she is on death's door. Can somebody <laughs> please give her a seat? But then we get to, oh, and before we even get to that, I especially loved, there's some great imagery in this film, but I especially loved all of the window moments where you're either seeing from inside the train, outside, or from outside into the train. And mm -hmm. this one in particular, where um, Rasuan looks through the oh, window and sees that guy get tackled. Absolutely shrecked. <laughs> yeah, and she looks over and her dad's asleep, and she's like, oh. uh, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> uh, yeah, which I just, I think it's such an awesome, another little detail to say it's what what does he say it's like an hour train ride and he can't even stay it's her birthday and yeah. he can't even stay awake to spend time with her on an um, on a short train ride as he explicitly says like he immediately they sit down and he's immediately asleep right it's like bro <laughs> <laughs> you simply do not give a fuck and but it's like <laughs> but then i like that it comes like he's he is tired he works all the time but that's just another one of those things it's like because he works all the time he's so tired he's sacrificing the one moment that he has with her on her birthday to sleep because he still yeah. has to go back to work after he drops her off and i like that they have that little conversation later about how like in actuate like he is doing this all for her he's mm -hmm. working so hard for her but that's not what's important to her now what's important yeah. to her now is his time this might be good for her later but like he's losing out on these moments yeah dude i love that conversation with song hua uh later on when he mm -hmm. talks about that because those two characters for a majority of the movie until they have to work together and until he saves her daughter they're butting heads because he knows the kind of person that Sekwu is. Like, he's met this guy before, and he's just like, you're just the type of guy that doesn't see the world around you. You're very tunnel vision. But I also understand you because you're a father that cares about your child. Yeah. And as somebody who's going to be a father soon, I understand this notion of, like, you just want everything to be provided for your child, which is, that is a positive place to be coming from. But... When you have, you know, when when you're so tunnel vision with that, um, you end up making these sacrifices in your relationship with the, with the child. And like, I like that he isn't shy about giving him both of those pieces of information. He's like, look, I understand where you're coming from. Like, I get you, dude. Like, yeah. I get why you work so hard. I get why you are the way that you are. But at the same time, your daughter needs you and mm -hmm. you need to understand that she needs you and you need to be present for how she needs you. Yeah. Cause and also he's just the best character. Dude, he is the, he's my fucking favorite. <laughs> they're the two of them, him and his wife, are mm -hmm. are my favorite characters for sure. Because I just think they're both so clever in different ways. Like, because I think especially for her, you see her and you think, oh, it, you, you she's gonna slow them down. She's going to be mm -hmm. the the thing that holds them back. Because when we first meet her, she does kind of seem like kind of a character who's just not very aware and who is 
just kind of there and that he's going to really be leading her through this. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happens at all. She is just as strong as him in different ways. But she there's a moment where she really has to step up and she does like for a while there, the two of them become leaders of the mm-hmm. groups that they're charging. And I love that they become this power couple who mm-hmm. are really, really integral parts of this group. And there's a lot of things that they would not have been survived had they not been there. Like I love the part right away where she where they realize that they're attacking because they see them and she pours the water on the door water and covers it with newspapers like hello <laughs> can we give her an award she's a genius mm-hmm. like i love that i love that that's oh that brings up another point for me too is character ingenuity is very important i think in zombie films and mm-hmm. i love that for the most part most of these characters at least the ones that we're following are are pretty smart in how they handle this almost impossible to survive situation here one the setting of this we haven't really talked about it yet but setting it all on a train so smart Mm -hmm. you're in a confined space there's not really many places to hide or move and you still have this imminent threat that you have to work through and at some point we even get to we even get to a place where characters are going to have to basically traverse from one side of the train to the other through a swarm of zombies and they just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no extra, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of divine intervention with the tunnels. I'll say yeah. that. Um, but even with that, it's not full divine intervention because they utilize it yeah. in a smart way. They, they notice it immediately and then they take that information they turn it into a plan and then they execute. Like these characters are smart. Mm-hmm. They are survival savvy and you really see them try and make it out of the situation. And I think for a lot of people, that's what builds more connection with the characters when not only do you like them or you have an emotional connection to them, but then you see them really fight for their lives and really go out there and try and survive, you can't help but root for them because you're like, mm-hmm. damn, that was a smart move. That was a good choice. Yeah. You should survive this. Like, you you are making all the right moves right now. Yeah, you're like, I freaking hope you do. And, and two, it's kind of crazy because we don't see any zombies die in this movie. It presumably, mm-hmm. you would assume that they would have the same weakness as other zombies but they don't have weaponry yeah. for that kind of an injury we yeah we don't have the same tools for yeah. that they're on that, a train they have all that they've brought with him but not only are they on a train but they're also in a different country too because like westernized zombie films we're so used to this notion of yeah just shoot them in the head one in like a giant handful of people would have a gun and if they did have it it's probably locked up at home somewhere like they're not carrying it on their person so the moment they get into the situation we don't have that old school method of handling the zombies that we're used to where everybody's strapped and packing right well but like, but even though like you can you could still smash a head with hand to hand however mm-hmm. the bis- the biggest weapon they have is baseball bat and it's a wooden baseball bat. It's not even like a metal mm-hmm. one. So it's not even like they have a crowbar or an axe or something where they're like, all right, put enough oomph into this. We're cracking heads. Like mm-hmm. you have a baseball bat and tape. 
and yeah. <laughs> like and then close and good luck <laughs> yeah and and so they're really yeah their best defense is to is to distract and to run and to like, secure themselves like yeah. that's like, really even, the best plan even if they wanted to fight too with like the baseball bats and stuff too and like such a confined space like i don't think they'd be able to even like swing the weapons Hard the way enough. that you would need no. to to like do the damage yeah. that you would require right and so they definitely don't because i mean we see we see it when they go through when they're fighting their way through the train cars it's just mm -hmm. so packed it's they the best thing that they could do is just use those weapons almost like as barriers and yeah. because even if they yeah it's like more of just to like swing and get you out of my way than a swing and hurt you type of a thing and most of the time they're using the weapons on other parts of their bodies just to kind of get them down Through. and out rather yeah. than like knocking them out kind of a thing yeah and now with any other character or human beings i don't think i'd ever believe them making it from one side of the train to the other but led by my man sung hua I'll believe Dude, anything. <laughs> he was tossing bodies. I mean, what what is what is he what does he do? What is his <laughs> job? Cause man's was tossing bodies left and right. That part where he picks the body up and slams it into the roof. Oh my god. Uh -huh. So good. It's the that whole sequence is very rem reminiscent. There's this really popular older action film called Old Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. That is yeah, that's um known for its long shot of like a character fighting his way down a hallway. And I felt a lot of that same energy in the sequence of them trying to fight through the cart because it 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 really captures that claustrophobic essence of just I just need to make it to the end of this tunnel. Like I don't care what's in my path. I'm going to push through. I'm going to punch through. I'm going to crack as many bones as I have to to get to the other side of that. Like that struggle was, it's always so much fun to watch. Like I always love when we get to that sequence, um, despite the fact that I think 99% of people would have gotten bitten, died mm -hmm. in that. Um, seeing the way that they do it and even the choreography that they use for it, I think it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love it every time. Yeah, it's it's fun. I like their like suit up kind of version, mm -hmm. which is basically just to cover their arms with whatever they can yeah. and protect I, themselves. Now, for how much I love that character, Homeboy could have covered himself up a little bit more. Like, can we get the knuckles? Can we get the knuckles? Because <laughs> I actually was like, that's probably the best one. The tape. I was like, mm -hmm. you get that thick enough. That's probably the best one. But yeah, mm -hmm. I did know. I was like, your hands are very much exposed. Now, you don't have to wrap them all the way up because then you can't move them. But I was like, get, get the, maybe the, little, little a little bit of protection. Maybe get the neck. I'd probably wrap <laughs> the neck, to be honest. Because yeah. I feel like that's prime biting area. True. Now, I, I think we can also throw in there the element of like he is they are in a rush to go and save yeah. um, their loved ones. And they are on a time clock, too, because our lead character is tracking the now that they have the tunnels mm -hmm. to use that we find out that these zombies cannot see very well in darkness. He's trying to he's he understands he's not the brawn of this group and he's yeah. using his brain to assist so now they're tracking when the tunnels are going to happen so they have to move when they have to move so that explains why they can't spend half an hour just coating themselves 
head to toe yeah. um, in tape. But even with that being said, a little bit of extra, like an extra 30 seconds to cover the knuckles. Just a minute. I would just we, minute. we all see in the future how that could have helped him out. Yeah, yeah which also, <laughs> okay, that zombie levitated. Like, legitimately <laughs> levitated to fight Zoom? his hand. Like, yeah, it was like, she took an elevator and was like her neck <laughs> was connected and she went bloop and bit his hand. I said, I'm going to let that slide because we these zombies are very like they they bunch up a lot in this movie and kind of mm-hmm. like overflow quite often. Very, I'm very gonna, World War Z. Yes, very World War Z. I'm going to assume it, they was bunching up underneath her and they gave her a lift because she moved quick. And I was like, so Dang. quick. <laughs> Now, I've I've talked to you about this before. You know this. I'm not really one to get too emotional in movies, mm-hmm. but I don't know what happened this time around. I shed a Denzel tear for my boy <laughs> yeah. uh, when he passed. I was like, damn. It was, I think it was the combination of just everything that was happening in the moment. It was his death, of course, because I love the character, um, but also the looming the looming feeling of how people's fear caused a lot of the death that that we're watching right. right then and because in that moment they made it like they they yeah. successfully made it to where they needed to be however mr suck has convinced everyone else that it's not worth saving these people who are trying to make it to the front of the car and because of that, uh, our boy Sang Hua has to hold up all the zombies by himself. And that leads to him getting bit. And it just sucked, dude. It just sucked to know that, like, they put in all that effort, all that work, were successful. And then ultimately what killed them is the fear of other people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even really the zombies at the end of the day. It was the people who they were trying to make it to for safety Mm -hmm. who ended up causing at least two of those characters demises yeah and i think it was like i do like the switch that happens in this movie because especially for this main group because we do one of the train attendants is in this group that kind of shuts them out and i do Mm -hmm. like this switch for him because i think for a majority of the movie it's the train conductor for the whole movie is just trying to help. He's just trying to yep. get everybody to safety. And the train attendant, I think, is also on the that same boat for the majority of the movie until we get to this moment where everyone who's afraid gets bunched together. They all mm-hmm. get into one group together. And then everybody who is kind of more equipped to handle this situation, they all end up together. And so... Mm-hmm this mindset flows between the two of them where one of them is like, we're going to try and handle this as best we can. And the other one's mindset is we are all going to make sure that we get to safety. And obviously that ends up coming back to bite them in the ass because it's like, really Mm -hmm. (laughs) you should want to have these people with you because they're the only ones who have fought the zombies and kind of made it through to tell the tale like these are your warriors right here Yeah, and especially too because what's what we've seen of the the infection in this one is it moves quick 
quick. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and I I love that by the yeah. way. I I love this adaption now that we, I think we've all collective, collectively decided that when it comes to zombies, you get bit ten seconds later, you're a zombie. Yeah. So yeah, and I and the way that it works on this one is it's like if you get bit kind of on your more outward extremities, even still, it's like a minute, two minutes tops. It's not mm-hmm. a ton of time. It slows it down, but if you get bit in your throat or something, bye, goodbye. That's that's a wrap. <laughs> it's zombie <laughs> island immediately. But for the other characters who get bit further out, it's maybe like a one or two minutes. So I was like, if he was bit, I think he'd be switching by like fairly yeah. soon by now. But of course, people who are frantic and fearful and panicking are not going to be thinking logistically they are thinking Mm -hmm. survival wise and so i think that that moment where the groups get separated is like the real switch in this movie where you start to see kind of that more classic feeling from a zombie movie where it's like this is we are the survivors because i think before then when things were a bit more spread out i honestly didn't know who were going to be the main more of our main group because right we actually meet and learn a bit about a lot of these people like in mm-hmm. in the baseball team for instance i the first time i watched this i was very surprised to see that they had survived that first encounter and yeah, yeah that first encounter with the zombies so it i didn't know who was going to end up being our main group and who was going to get taken out. And I think that's when you really see the switch to, okay, these are our, these are our survivors, our fighters that we are going to see who out of them can make it to the end. And the other group, it's like, these are the panickers and they are probably going to end up taking themselves out. And for Mm -hmm. the most part, they, they do. They kind of do. Yeah. I, Actually, jumping back really quickly, just because the baseball team reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. Talking about great visuals here, I love every single time the escalator down when it's oh, when yeah. they they reach they reach the station and they're going down and you see the backs mm-hmm. of all the soldiers and it like looks like they're fending off the zombies and then they turn around. That switch gets me every time. It's so good. And the way it just ramps mm-hmm. up the chaos immediately is fantastic. I was like, I know uh, whoever had gone down first was punching the air. They were <laughs> like, like, I knew it. it. <laughs> I knew I should have been last. <laughs> um, but even with the the separation of the cars, um, I agree with you. And I think coming back to our main character, too, I think with these two groups, you really do get to see the personification of the two sides of his personality here or the two directions mm-hmm he could have gone in this situation. Like he could have been the survivor that cares about other people and works together with people, or he could have stayed the guy who he was at the beginning and cared only about himself, his survival, and then probably the survival of his child as well. But these two groups, like you said, are very distinctly different in terms of their outlook on this situation. And god damn, if it is not cathartic as hell when Granny opens up that door yeah. and unleashes the floodgates on yeah. them. Yeah, I actually want to talk I want to talk about those two characters, our two older mm-hmm. um women who are sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh so I believe it is 
So Zhang Jil is the younger sister, I believe. Presumably not by much sister because they are both mm -hmm. elderly. Um, but then we have Injil, who is the oldest one, I believe. Yeah. She's she's I think she's the one who was with our yes. survivor group. Yeah, but it's yeah. interesting to me because I think if you track it by them, they both kind of represent two different mindsets of an older generation but i also think they then become two different mindsets on this train because mm -hmm. our one who ends up with our survivors the older sister she is a lot more like optimistic she's hopeful she kind of sees the best in people she's always taking care of people she's very very nice to her sister kind of like taking care of her and then the opposite happens with our younger sister who ends up with the paranoid group she's a little mm -hmm. bit more cynical she is a little bit more like selfish and doesn't think that like doesn't see the point of putting other people before yourself and is i think a bit more on the side of when things start happening you can kind of see that her sister is kind of taking the lead and trying to help her more than vice versa right and so then it makes a lot of sense with the groups that they end up with because i think they both are representative of the mindsets that these groups have and so mm -hmm. for although they both die they both also die in very specific ways our older sister dies sacrificing herself for the group because i think in that moment she was just like i'm slow i'm dead weight if i if i stay here and let the zombies get me it gives them more time to close the door sort of a thing and because he still needed to grab his daughter so i think she was yeah. just like it's good let me just like I, i'm chilling i'm chilling yeah and so then i think her sister gets really you know and she even says she's like why did you do that like why did you do that for these other people who mean nothing and she yeah she's the one who opens the door kind of wreaks havoc upon all of these people but at the same time that was their mindset they were all in it mm -hmm. for just themselves the businessman was yeah. in it for just himself but couldn't fathom that she wouldn't she wouldn't be there for the team and i just yeah it's like you you get all these different mindsets throughout this group but it's i think it kind of gives you a little clues into the different ways that they're operating. And as we see in our survivor group, that whole like sacrificing yourself for others becomes kind of the way that they start to operate so that our two survivors can make it in the end. Like sacrifice kind yeah. of becomes the name of the game. Yeah, and we even get that from, um, from Sang-Hua because he says that uh somewhere earlier on about like the importance of sacrifice i think he says it when he's giving um our lead character his pep talk yeah. it's just like you're gonna have to make sacrifices for her and yeah for yeah. her and then the latter half yeah that's what a lot of it is is characters making selfless sacrifices in order to help other people um you know at the cost of their own lives and every time it happens it always feels like appropriate and it feels like they do it for the right reasons. Like mm -hmm. the uh, her making a sacrifice to save the daughter um, is a prime example of that. And uh, even with Sang Hua, him knowing that 
He yeah. is the only person who can hold off these people. He's going to make that sacrifice for his wife and his future child. Like this idea of sacrifice is kind of the is the through line for our for our survivor group. And I love that. I love that that's the the moral compass that we're operating with, especially this far in the film, because we've seen a lot of selfishness up until this point, too. So it's nice to have that dynamic between the two of like you're watching these characters make some selfish but very human decisions and then you're ma- you're watching these other characters make some maybe to some people dumb choices but like morally sound mm-hmm. and like moves that they know that even if they don't make it through that scenario they can live with themselves with the choice that they made. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think especially like one of my favorite ones is the the homeless man because I I love mm-hmm. that um that setup of the scene. This is such a cool shot with them underneath the train. Underneath and the zombies all the zombies are just pressing against the, the window. window. Yeah, it's such a cool shot. The set pieces in this movie oh, throughout are fantastic, delightful. But that one is great, and I think. I his sacrifice is not the saddest in my opinion, but I think it's just so great because you he has been saved so many times throughout the movie and helped so many times throughout the movie. And I think he has moved into this area where although in the beginning also even for him it was about survival, I, I and I think he would have done anything to survive. I feel like it's because these people have, especially um, Suan, has looked at him in a different way and never mm-hmm. felt like and never tried to discard him just because yeah. of who he is. That he is like, okay, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be me because it can't. I don't want it to be you guys. Because I think even earlier on, like he helped, like he was like. Soku, I'm going to help you a little bit, but I'm still yeah. running. Like, he was like, I'm going to throw this bag, and I hope <laughs> yeah, it makes but... <laughs> a difference, but we ain't stopping. And yep. it's like, you kind of see his progression to be a little bit more, like, he take charge and not just like, oh, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of helping you in passing. If you make it, you make it, but I don't really care. Because even when he is on the train, on the train, and he's like the last one to get off, and Soku goes back to try and help him. Mm-hmm. Even the same thing happens. It's like he kind of alerts all the zombies and then runs first. And he's like, oh, I hope I hope you make it. <laughs> yeah. And well, he, oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just saying like, yeah, I feel like he just kind of serves as like the foil to Young Suck in that way. Of mm-hmm. He is very similar in his primal fear of the situation. Like he's just as afraid to die as Young Suck is. But you see that this character who society would deem to be lesser than this other character despite all of his shortcomings is still in his own way trying to help yeah while surviving like yes he is scared yes he wants to live but he's still got fucking morals yeah and he's still willing to help where he can and then when it all comes to a head at the end here where he makes this big grand sacrifice i love that it's in juxtaposition of watching Yun Suk go through and murder like four people in a (laughs) row to save his own skin, you know? It's like, again, this commentary of like, 
the person who we as a society deem we're supposed to look up to and strive to be is the shittiest person in this mm-hmm. scenario where the person who typically society will ignore and not look and not even bat an eyelash towards is out here risking his life to save people that he doesn't even know yeah. who in regular day day and night would probably not even give a shit about him you know yeah besides besides um suan because she was very, besides yeah. suan she's just pure she's just innocent. a very sweet person <laughs> um but i will say and especially oh, businessman he did not have to he did not have to do Jin Lee like that no or, that he was did fucked. not have to throw i was like you had one zombie following you just close the door why did He's, you have to throw her out of the train? I think he chucked one person at a zombie once, <laughs> saw that at work, and he's like, this is my method. He's like, actually, this is kind of coming in clutch for me. I'm going to keep <laughs> I'm gonna keep this up. That, that one legitimately, like, because the the train attendant, I, I saw that coming. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. I, I put that one on the attendant for trusting him at that point. It was like, bruh. Come on, you know man. damn well you shouldn't have let him go sick. And he's like, yeah, the coast is clear as the zombies are like, yeah, right outside the door. And he's like, okay. I was like, come on. But yeah, mm-hmm. that I I thought that was cute. I liked their their whole little like crush story, and mm-hmm. I I just thought that that was really sweet. But then the ending's so tragic, it is and really it's bad. and but I like I like it because it is it reinforces this notion that no one is safe, right? And that notion definitely goes all the way towards the end once we get to the climax, right? But just this idea that, like, those that couple made it through everything, despite how many times it looked like they weren't going to make it. They made it through everything just to die like that, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's brutal, it sucks, but it's almost poetic and sweet in a way, the way that they both die, where he just accepts that he doesn't want to go on without her now that she's turned and just allows her to take him i think is a beautiful way for that character to go out despite the fact that they both got done dirty oh yeah i I think that i think that the way that they end up dying is um it's very heartfelt and like i'm glad that even in death at least they get to be together yeah and in their relationship especially because like in the beginning it seemed like they both had like crushes on each other but he was kind of you know he was he wasn't ready yeah he was kind (laughs) of like brushing it off a bit and kind of trying to be all aloof and stuff and Mm -hmm. i just thought that their little thing throughout was so cute because they really just wanted to (laughs) they really stuck with each other like tried to stick with each other as much as possible and Mm -hmm. they were really uh, they weren't close like they were close to making it, but at the same time, I imagine that they probably Some, wouldn't have made it yeah, anyway. <laughs> something something else would have happened probably towards the end there that yeah. they wouldn't have made it. Especially, but just the, yeah, just the way they went out was disrespectful. Just, it was disrespectful. <laughs> mad, mad disrespectful. Mad disrespectful. Yeah, but I think especially when we pan out and we see how many people, how many zombies are like They're out of the trains are. now and are running, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I Co- think... They would have been done. Kudos to to wifey for while pregnant somehow outrunning a swarm of zombies and catching up to a train. Dude, look, she got final girl mentality written all over her yeah, because yeah. sheesh. 
to do all of this and do it pregnant. Somebody rub this lady's feet, please. She Can needs she one. a prenatal massage. Especially, she's lucky, though, that there's some clumsy bitches. Because if they hadn't tripped over mm -hmm. each other, I think <laughs> they might have caught her. But yeah. luckily, these zombies are very one-track minded. And they just kind of get so focused on the thing that they'll all like trip and stumble over each other. So that mm -hmm. ended up working to her benefit. But I do also love that shot of them all hanging off of the train. That's also yeah. such a great, great image. It's a super great image. And I like the way that they shot it too. Cause like there, there's a little bit of a pan where like you can see whether it's CGI or like a practical stunt there. Like you just see the, scale of like how many zombies are piling mm -hmm. up at the back of this train it looks phenomenal yeah it, it looks awesome and and so yeah at this point in time we are on our final our final kind of navigation to busan mm -hmm. and uh, i do think that it is smart and a good way of ending things for us to never know if the mom is okay or not Oh, yeah. Because I think in a different movie, they might have had her answer at some point. And I kind of love that she never does. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you have no idea if she's going to get there and have anybody or if she's going to like have to make a new life with mm -hmm. with what's going on. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I liked I did like earlier on when we got the confirmation that he lost his mom just because mm -hmm. like. I do think that added some stakes for him, and it was sad to see her go. The little time we spent with her, she seemed very sweet. Um, but yeah, I liked this this um, layer of not knowing that coats a lot of the latter half of this movie. Because like the, I think the first time you watch this, you're probably gonna get thrown off because you're gonna think the movie ends like three or four times. Because it's gonna be like, all right, we get here. That's not the ending. All right, we get here. That's not the ending. Like, it it has several moments where you're like, this could be the end of things, but it finds new ways to keep the story going. And thankfully, I think they do it in a way that doesn't make it feel forced. Mm -hmm. Like, I do think the chain of events, especially in this last, like, 15, 20 minutes, feels fairly natural for the most part. Um I am curious about your thoughts on our final confrontation. It makes sense. It makes sense that he would be like the final boss for him because mm -hmm. they've been butting heads for kind of this whole movie. And in a way, it almost feels like it. he had to be the one to defeat this version of like mm -hmm. himself almost. And so it made sense that he was there and he would come out and they have nothing they have each other like they have no nothing to use to defend themselves so really it's just we got to avoid and we got to try and get him off of this train mm -hmm. and like as much as it sucks i think you just realize in that moment that for him he has made a promise a that he is going to protect um well, first of all, of course, he's going to protect his daughter, but he now has this other person and he promised her husband that he would look after her and take care of her. Mm -hmm. And so I think in that moment, it's just so important for him that they don't get bit. And yeah. so like it freaking sucks. But at the same it time, sucks. 
in the heat of the moment, I don't fault him for thinking, let me just cover his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I re- I distinctly remember the first time I watched it, I was so pissed that he got bit at the end. Like, mm-hmm. I was so upset it's because I'm like, dude, that was so fucking avoidable. Like, why would you put your hand there? Yada, yada, yada. This time watching it and paying more attention to, I think, the emotional stakes that were there, the place where he probably is mentally in that moment, and just the idea that Mans is probably tired as fuck at yeah. this point. And to have to go mano y mano on a moving train against this guy while protecting two other individuals, it's highly likely that he's going to get harmed in this. And so I this time around, I didn't fault him at all for how he handled the fight. Um, I actually think it's a very powerful choice to have this character die at the end because you always assume that the main character of a zombie film is going to make it. Um, I think especially in like Western films too. Um, Around the time where this is coming out, I only really have like World War Z, I think is the best comparison of like a similar movie. But I remember watching World War Z and never really feeling like Brad Pitt was ever in any danger of Mm -hmm. dying. I'm like the people around him may die, but I just never think that this character is going to die. Where in this film, I had the same feelings the first time through, but then the main character doesn't make it. And it just throws you for such a loop when it happens. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. He spent all that time and now he's dead? What? And they were so, they were so close. And it's like, because I, and I, you're right. I think they do set it up well, where as frustrating and as annoying as it is, I thought about it too. And I was, and I just go, well, he, it's important that he takes him down. I think that's the thing that is evident is that if he were to fall off the train, which he almost does, Mm -hmm. if he were to fall off the train and not get this zombie off the train first, these two people cannot defend themselves because we do see her try to help. Both of them try to help him Mm -hmm. and both immediately almost get bitten. And so it's like, do I take a chance and try and keep doing what I'm doing and potentially kill myself doing this? Or do I do the thing that I know? I know I will be able to take him down with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'll die, but at least I know we'll both die. Yeah. And it's like, with those odds, you're going to go for the guaranteed kill. You have mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. You have Especially- to. Especially, too, because I think he was at that point at a place in his life where, yeah, the literally the only thing that mattered was the safety of these two people. Yeah. And I think the journey that we watch him go on throughout this movie um, definitely supports that because we've seen that he's evolved from just being a selfish businessman to somebody who genuinely cares about the well-being of other people. And someone who also has in through this terrible uh scenario i think rekindled how much his daughter means to him i mean even in that last moment like the last thing he sees is like the moment when he held his child again mm-hmm. that is some beautiful k-drama shit that i am not gonna lie got another tear out of me twice in twice in one film i teared I up was... i was like yo 
sobbing. I always <laughs> cry for like the last 20 freaking minutes of this movie. I took a picture of myself in distress. Maybe I'll share it with you guys. But I like, yeah, I just can't. I cry for the whole ending of this movie from the minute that he gets bit and she screams. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. stick a fork in me. I'm done. I can't handle it because this girl is just giving me all of the emotion and it kills me every freaking time. <laughs> and I, what I make sense for this character to me, for, uh, for Sokwu, is that we see throughout that he has trouble with the more emotional availability side of being a parent. He has trouble with the more... Um, like intimate and heartfelt moments. They're not as familiar to him. And so we see even early on, he like goes to hold her hand and it's kind of a weird moment because it almost feels like he doesn't really know. It's odd. Like he feels, you can tell that he feels odd doing it and it takes him a minute to kind of be like, yes, this is, this is what we're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense, I think, for his character and the way that he handles this moment. Because it's not overly sentimental from him. It's not overly like, I'm going to confess everything that I think about you. Because I think for him in this moment, he knows that she knows. And it's harder for him to say anything. And the best thing that he can do is just make sure that she knows where to go from here because surviving is all that matters now and like i love that it's just like too much for him and he has to leave but once he leaves yeah he thinks about that that first like you know moment that you have with your kid that first really heartfelt moment and i don't know i just think it's so it makes so much sense for him as a character that he doesn't have that moment with her in the present on the train and he like almost has to take himself away to have that kind of a release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just makes so much sense for that character, but it makes me so fucking sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, dude, it's such a sad moment. And yeah, like I said, it, it definitely hit me this time around. Um, I also like to, it's a very small touch, but I think when a significant character gets bit, a lot of times we have a tendency to hide it and then reveal it afterwards. I love that we see it in real time when he gets bit in that last Mm -hmm. confrontation. And there's still confrontation to go despite that. You know, like, typically that's like the button ender, right? It's like, stuff happens, uh, there's chaos, blah, 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 blah. And then it's revealed the character is bit. This one, he gets bit, but he's like, nah, that ain't stopping me. I'm going to save, I'm going to save my kid. Um, It's a small, small shift, but I think it really adds a lot more to that scene and it adds this melancholy to it because you're watching it and you're still supportive of him and you want him to win, but we all already know it's over for him. Yeah. And like, even the characters who are present know that it's over for him. Like everybody knows, but he still has to fight anyway. And I think it's just a beautiful um, way to shoot and navigate that. I just love that that's how they handled that. Um, and I also absolutely love the callback to the Aloha Hoy of her singing yeah. that is what keeps them alive at the end. One of those callbacks that I think first time through you're not really expecting, and it may even the first time through not hit like how big of a deal that callback is, but it's just like 
that song was the catalyst for at least the journey of this father and his daughter Mm -hmm. um, trying to reconnect here. And the fact that we bookended with the same song, I just think that's beautiful. It's so funny. It made me, that's the part that makes me sob the most is because, yeah, early on she mentions that the reason she didn't finish singing in her recital is because she learned the song specifically for him to sing it for him and he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And, and then she sings it in the end and it still feels like it's for him because she's mourning him. And by the way, Aloha Oi is, was written to be a love song, but it has like become a farewell song like over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how fitting is that? Cause really yeah. that's what she's saying is she is saying goodbye to her dad, but it's like, <sighs> I, can, I can see it happening in real time right now, Erica. I want you to know. Erica is getting teared up, y'all. Saying goodbye to her dad. But it's also just, you know, it's it, it also goes back to what he said when it's like, you know, you have to f- see things through and finish uh-huh. it. And it's like she finally saying the song and like yeah. yeah he wasn't there anymore to sing it to him but singing it for him is the thing that yeah saves their lives mm-hmm. and i think i and i love that it ends with her singing and not with us seeing them being like we see them running to rescue them but we don't see them physically being rescued yeah. we just end with her still singing mm-hmm. and thanks Thank you for <laughs> Thank that. Because <laughs> I, I think that is more important. Because, yeah. like I said, this is a zombie movie, but that's not the heart of the story. The mm-hmm. heart of the story was them. And so it's only right that it ends on her. Because yeah. it's not even a shot of both of them, it's just her. Mm-hmm. And she is the heart of the story, truly. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but I think that covers about all the bases for. Yeah. Train to Busan. I think that was the main thing. The only other thing that I would like that I want to say is I did want to call out. I love that helicopter drop moment. Oh, yeah. That was good. When the zombies fall from the sky. Yeah. And then they Mm. pop right back up (laughs) real quick because they get up fast, fast. They drop and they're like, ooh, something smelled good. (laughs) They were like, what? Food? Here? Bon appetit. And everyone like everyone shook. I did love that moment. And then I also will say, I think a a lot of zombie movies kind of touch on the way that things get handled by the government and things like that. But Mm -hmm. that is another thing that is is touched on this movie is the way that they try and kind of appease the the People. The masses and yeah, everything. Yeah, the yeah. masses and say it's just riots. Yeah, don't worry and all that stuff. Yeah. While while like we're hearing that audio while we're watching <laughs> yeah. people get absolutely mauled by zombies. Yeah. I I actually put in a, a note about that too because I, I thought that was really good. Because mm-hmm. um, it's true. And honestly, I think we as people now too, after the pandemic, have had a little taste of that. This notion of like. The government's going to be telling you one thing, but like sometimes when shit hits the fan, it's up to you to figure out how the fuck you're going to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that they um, uh, 
set up that little sequence really says a lot about that. Yeah, because I yeah, the thing that I enjoy about it in this movie is because they're on a train and they're completely cut off from the rest of the world is that is what they have. That is the information that they have, what the government is telling them. But then the real information that ends up helping them is what they have to get through videos online, calling their friends, call, mm -hmm. trying to figure, you know, going online and looking through these websites. Like that's how they have to kind of navigate gaining their information. Whereas in other zombie movies where they can be a little bit more out and about, they can mm -hmm. maybe gain that intel that way. But in this one, they're really having to pull from these sources because all they're being told is, oh, we've got it under control. But then every single place that they go to is not under control <laughs> at all. So, yeah, I just I liked that. I thought that was I enjoyed the way that it unfolded in this one with them kind of having to reach out mm -hmm. to different people. Yeah, definitely agreed. Um, so what shall we rate this one out of Erica? Oh, okay. We can rate this out of murderous businessmen. Birthday or... wheeze. <laughs> Birthday wheeze. The wee the 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 video game system that he bought for oh. her is called a Wii. <laughs> I thought you meant like wee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, several birthday wheeze. <laughs> Um, birthday. To be week. fair, I also think it's a Wii U, but I wasn't sure oh, in the moment. Yeah. I was like, is it a Wii? I think you're. I think it is a Wii U. That's fine. We don't have to use that. <laughs> no, it just threw me. I was like, because I really was like, does she? Wii? Does she go Wii? <laughs> um, we could um, could do crump, crumping zombies. Crumping zombies. We could do crumping zombies. <laughs> we could do crumping zombies. Yeah, we may not? we may potentially run into other crumping zombies that's, in the that's future. That's the thought that but... I'm having in real time. Is like we may find more crumping zombies later, but for now, I'm okay with using crumping <laughs> zombies for this movie. Okay. Uh, how about how about you go first? Since we know I'm I'm a zombie head, why don't we get the Erica okay. POV real quick? Okay, I'm gonna give Train to Busan five crumping zombies out of five. Ooh. Okay. It's just a great movie. It. I I love everything that happens in it. I am but despite the fact that we are on a train for the majority of the movie, I am never bored. Mm -hmm. I think that they did just enough with every situation and every conflict that it was just the right amount of time. It made sense. I was tracking with where the characters were at every, any given moment in every single character's journey up until either the moment they died or the moment that they got rescued made complete sense like mm -hmm. it was a fully realized journey within the span of this entire movie and within the span of this train ride i liked all of the characters i liked the zombies and i think emotionally this movie is so so good I will not be watching this movie again anytime soon. <laughs> I simply cannot because it just does not bring my heart peace. But as a movie, it's so good. And as a zombie movie, it's fantastic. I will say one thing that I have thought of every once in a while, I wonder if there's a version of this movie that could start on the train and mm. cut that beginning bit out. I do wonder that because I do kind of like the idea of this being a completely train adjacent movie 
I see. So that is something that I have wondered if we could have gotten that information that we learned in the beginning While on, on the, the train, train instead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's not a con for me. That's like not a reason for me to detract. That's more so of a reason like I love what it's doing now, but oh my gosh, I wonder what version we could have gotten with that. Gotcha. It's more just it's just like a little fantasy for me, but I just wanted to put that out there. So yeah, five crumping zombies out of five. Very fair. I like that idea. Um sounds like fun. Uh <laughs> okay. I got to be real. I'm also going to give Train to Busan Five out of five crumping zombies. Hey. Uh, I, I know I red herring a little bit at the beginning about whether or not I enjoyed this movie. This movie's fucking phenomenal. And I've said I've spoken about this movie to many people. That's what I tell them. I tell them this is a fantastic horror movie, is a fantastic zombie movie. Um, all the same reasons Erica gave. Um, and then for me, the biggest one is. It is a zombie genre action film that puts character first. And I think that is something that has slowly over time weakened, I think, within the genre. And I believe is one of a one of the key reasons a lot of people are feeling a little bit tired towards zombies in general. And I think this film was a masterclass in how you can take a potentially tired subject or genre and then with enough emotional stakes and with well-rounded fleshed out characters you can craft a beautiful story and that's what i think this is like it is a bloody brutal but beautiful story and any movie that gets me someone with no emotion and a heart of stone to tear up and have waterworks happen i can't i cannot deny you the five out of five so Five out of five crumping zombies from hey. me. Yeah. And I legitimately did like almost start crying um, while I was talking. Now, so. <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so like I said, quite, quite the emotional toll, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's really worth it. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend this to more people. And if you guys have watched this movie, we would love to know what you think of it. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything, or you can slide into our discord and we can have a little chit chat in there. Discord is where we hang out with the homies and talk a little bit more in depth about not just horror movies, but kind of all kinds of stuff. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, the link for that is in our social media bios. You can also email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And today is Monday, if you're listening to this on the day of release, which means we are on Twitch tonight. We will be playing some spooky games and also probably talking a little bit more about Train to Busan. So if you'd like to come through, say what's up, hang out with the homies and watch us struggle our way through whatever spooky game we'll be playing, then the link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It recommends our podcast to more potential listeners. And we like to hear what you guys are thinking. So if you have an Apple account, please do so. We'd appreciate it. Or if you're listening on Spotify, it's super easy. Just go up to the top where our name is, click on the stars, and you can leave us a rating through there. And once again, we'd appreciate it on Spotify as well. But 
I'm all cried out. My face is dry. I got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling weak and woozy. So I think it's time that we go. Uh, but thank you guys so, so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you again to everybody that voted for the Discord Decides. And don't forget to stay tuned for next month's Discord Decides, which is another plug for the Discord. If you're not in there, please get in there. But <laughs> until next time, homies, we will be seeing you then. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.